Major League Baseball is finally back. As the new season gets underway, the Ringer Podcast Network has baseball fans covered with the Ringer MLB show playing exclusively on the TuneIn app for the month of April. On top of that, the Ringer Podcast Network has partnered with TuneIn to give baseball fans a free, that's right, free 30-day trial of TuneIn Premium to listen to every live home call from every MLB game around the league. Catch the Ringer MLB show only on TuneIn during April and with your premium subscription, listen to live MLB games on TuneIn. Just go to TuneIn.com slash Ringer and subscribe, download the TuneIn app, and start listening today. TuneIn, your everything audio app. Welcome to GM Street. I'm Tate Frazier, and I'm joined here by Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tate. You doing good, huh? Big win, North Carolina. Happy? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk about football. Keep my mind <laughs> off basketball. That's that's the whole point of this. I think that's why I'm doing the podcast, just to talk oh, about football as much as possible. Point drained. I was like, oh, my man's alive. He's alive. <laughs> back in action. Uh, speaking of people that are back in action, or hoping to be back in action, actually, Colin Kaepernick, the, uh, the polarizing quarterback that... Took over the storylines last season, um, not so much on the field, more so uh, in the pregame, taking a knee. Uh, then he actually ended up starting 11 games, had a fairly good season, had 16 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Um, and now he's on the streets. He decided to opt out of his contract to uh, to test the market. He's not getting a lot of feedback. John Harbaugh, the, Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, comes out and says, it's intellectually lazy to say that Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed by the NFL since he has not gotten a job yet. We've seen names like Mike Glennon get a big contract with the Chicago Bears, Josh McCown getting a contract with the New York Jets. Colin Kaepernick still does not have a contract. Lombardi, what do you have to say about that, and where does Colin Kaepernick fit in the big picture of the NFL? You know, Springsteen has a song called Two Faces about his personality having two personalities. Well, Kaepernick basically has two personalities. The personality that kneels during the national anthem, yep. the personality that's an activist, all supporting that. That's great, okay? Yep. The second personality is the football player. I'm with John Harbaugh. Enough already. Mm-hmm. Look, the NFL is not blackballing great quarterbacks. We give quarterbacks great second chances. We give every every player a second chance. This has nothing nothing to do with being an activist. This has everything to do with Colin Kaepernick. And when I talk about him being two faces, I think you have to look at this. His first 32 games, okay, he was a legitimate quarterback, yep. all right? He averaged almost eight yards per att- on yards per attempt. He threw 31 touchdowns. He had 11 interceptions. But most telling during that time, Tate, he was also challenging the defense with his feet. He would run the football. He had 157 carries for 937 yards. He had a long of 50. Now, he fumbles a lot when he runs it, but he was challenging the defense with his feet. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. And if he doesn't want to run the football anymore, he can't live on his arm. His accuracy is horrendous, okay? Horrendous. When he has to throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field, his numbers shrink below 50%. He's bad between 10 and 20 yards. The guy is not a very good quarterback. He has to run a certain system, which he did his first two, first few years, which threatened with his feet. Mm. Now, when he has to play quarterback because he's not running anymore, he's looking for a job, and it has nothing to do with not standing for the National Anthem. All that aside, just speaking on the football field, we obviously we all remember the Dom Capers game when he just shredded them with his feet. Obviously, we go into the NFC Championship game. We all remember the Richard Sherman, in, you know, waving back when he when he swats the ball away from Michael Crabtree. That was probably like the last moment he was on a big stage. Right. Jim Harbaugh is gone. He loses his coach. Gets a whole new system in there. 
he doesn't have it, it, the system's not being built around Colin Kaepernick. He decides to opt out. He wants to test the free market in his mind. If if you're Colin Kaepernick, why would you not sit in, take this money for one more year, try to work yourself in a new system with the 49ers? What what made him jump and test the free market? Because he obviously had some sort of idea that he would get another opportunity. Right. It's like, you know, your girlfriend's going to break up with you. Yeah. So you break up with her before. Yes. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. He knew he wasn't going to get the money. So he figured, I'll break up with them. And this mm-hmm. way, it looks like I divorced them. They didn't divorce me. They were cutting him no matter what. And, and I think really, when you look at this player and you study him, the system of offense that he wants to run has to involve his feet. He doesn't make enough throws with his arm. You cited that play about the Seattle game. Okay, all week long during that week, they said, we're never going to throw the ball against Richard Sherman on that side of the field down when we get to the red zone. Yep. Kaepernick became his own independent contractor. He makes the throw, the interception, they don't go to the Super Bowl. Kaepernick is a guy that the more he's around other players, around coaches, I think what you'll see is he just doesn't play well, and he doesn't take the he doesn't take the classroom to the field. He has to when he has to play faster. Look, when you evaluate quarterbacks, you got to evaluate them on certain downs where the game's going very fast. Third down is the play. And when you look at Kaepernick on third down and the defenses are mixed, it becomes problematic for him. On first down, it's a pretty easy defense. Everybody's pretty standard. That's why first down is the best down to throw the football on, because the defenses are easy to read. On third down, it becomes a more complex game. He can't execute that. And I think the other thing that's pretty clear, and if you talk to any of the players from the 49ers who were there, he wasn't like a loved in the locker room. Like yeah. There isn't like somebody carrying the Colin Kaepernick torch here. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking about the player. We're not talking about the activist. We're talking about the player. And the player doesn't have any support. That's why he's unemployed. And all these articles I read, you read about him saying, well, or, or people defending him saying it's because of that. It's crap. Look at the tape. Look at the numbers. There's no reason over the last 37 games you can justify. He averages under seven yards per attempt. He doesn't run the football anymore. More. What am I getting if I sign him? Now, here's the reality. Why isn't he a backup quarterback? Well, he probably doesn't want to take backup salary. Yep. And B, as a backup, he's got to fit the offense for the starter. That's a problem. And he's asking for 9 to $10 million, and he wants to compete for a starting job. That's pretty much what's on his wish list. If Colin Kaepernick has a wish list, he's going into front offices and he's saying, I want 9 to $10 million. I want a chance to be your starter. So if you're looking at Jacksonville, if you're looking at Miami. And I want to be Bill Springsteen's road manager. I mean, <laughs> those two things aren't going to happen, okay? I'm yeah. not going to be his road manager, and he ain't getting 9 or $10 million. A good like uh, person to kind of mar this up against is like Colin Kaepernick's asking for 9 to $10 million and a chance to be a starter. Jay Cutler, also on the free market, is asking for less than that and also wants a chance to be a starter and a lot of people are telling him that it's his time to be a backup so it's not like Colin Kaepernick is the only one that's you know cut and dry in the situation there's a lot of guys right. that no. had value in the quarterback position that are now kind of having to adjust what their value is on the market because their tape doesn't support I mean Cap- when you look at Cutler and this isn't a Cutler conversation but more than anything Cutler's body language turns people off you know Cutler should be a starting quarterback that's one of the areas when we talk about evaluating quarterbacks which I wrote a column for the I don't know when it's going to be on the ringer but we talk I talk about body language is so important you know you can't just go and shrug it off like it's no big deal it affects the team and I think that's why Cutler there's reasons for Cutler not being a starter there's a lot of reasons for Kaepernick not being a starter that has nothing to do with the national anthem well let's flip topics here get off Colin Kaepernick and get on a, a new team a new franchise Viva Las Vegas so for go. the ra- 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 Raiders they're yeah. moving to Las Vegas in 2020 the big story comes out. A lot of people are upset about this in the Bay. They feel like they're losing their team. Mark Davis says he wants to bring a championship to the Bay before the team leaves. Now they're saying they don't even care. They don't even want your championship. They want to get him out of there. 
people are, you know, obviously split on this issue. You know, the, the obviously having a football team in Vegas is a big deal. Having the Raiders in Vegas is a very polarizing situation. Your just first thoughts when you hear that the 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 Raiders have always been a team. Like I think that Mark Davis registered the URL uh, Las Vegas Raiders in 1998. So he's they've been thinking about this for a long time. Right. The Davis family. So it's not like a new thought. But for it to actually be in full form and out in the world, what were your first thoughts when you hear they're going to Las Vegas? Well, first, I mean Al loved Al Davis loved Las Vegas. Every yes. birthday, every 80th birthday party I attended, my wife and I attended was in Las Vegas. He loved the city. <laughs> 85th birthday, Las Vegas. He loved it. Actually when Mark Davis gave a eulogy for his father for the ceremony of his death, it was in Las Vegas. So wow. Las Vegas was very dear to Al. And I think more than anything, Al Davis taught me a lot of football. But one thing he taught everybody is the branding of the team. Mm-hmm. You said they're the Raiders. And that's really all Al Davis cared about. He cared about the word the being in front of his team. Yes. He didn't care about the city. He cared about the. Al Davis would love this deal to be called the Raiders in Las Vegas. He would love this deal. The problem I see with the deal is Al Davis would have never, and this is a tribute to Mark Davis, Al Davis would have never paid the relocation fee. Mm. It would have been in court forever. He would have taken it to court because he would have seen Las Vegas as a, a virgin territory that nobody claimed Las Vegas, that he could move there without having to pay for it. So, But when I saw this the first time, my first reaction was Al believing that as long as it's the Raiders, you can put any city in front of it. San Antonio, you could put Oakland, you could put Chattanooga. It's Los the Raiders. Angeles, you could put Los yeah. Angeles. They're the Raiders. And they're really a, a historical team that has a fan base all over the United States. So Vegas for the Raiders, I think it's great. I think it's awesome because, let's face it, I was in Oakland for almost 10 years, and that stadium's a dump. Now, what people don't realize is when he moved back from Los Angeles to Oakland, he built, they remodeled the stadium, and they built this thing called Mount Davis, mm-hmm. okay, which is at the top of the stadium, and it's an eyesore. They couldn't sell the tickets up there. The yeah. team was bad. He couldn't sell it. So they covered all the seats, and they lowered the stadium attendance, and now as the team's gotten better, even when we were good, in, 90, in 2000, 2001, 2002, we had a hard time selling Mount Davis out. It was really difficult. So the fan base is great, but in terms of what Mark Davis wants to do for the value of his franchise, I applaud him. I think his dad would be very proud of him. His dad wouldn't pay the money, but he would have been very proud of him. <laughs> when you look at that roster that's currently constructed, just with the talent that you have in Derek Carr, look at Mari Cooper, and the list goes on, the amount of talent, Khalil Mack, just on that team in general. When they had this impending move, that all these guys in the back of their mind, is it hard for them to to commit to the community or is it one of those things where the business side of football is totally different than the players themselves that are actually playing for this team and that's more of its own construct in general. They're just playing football and not really thinking about that sort of stuff. I I think so. I think when they go to travel, when when the Raiders are good and it's good for the league for the Raiders to be good, there's a lot of fans that come out. There's a lot of Raider fans. I know where I grew up in in the South Jersey, Ocean City, New Jersey, you know, we would get a four o'clock game and it would always be the Raiders and the Chiefs or the Raiders and the Broncos. The Raiders have a national appeal to them. And by moving to Las Vegas, I think they'll get more people from Los Angeles will drive up to see the Raiders than they probably will if they were in Los Angeles. I think they'll draw tremendously. And I think the players understand that. I think Del Rio has to take the focus away from that area 
about where are we playing and put the focus on how we play. Not where we play, but how we play. And worry about that. And basically, it's us against the... It's not when... And I was in Cleveland when the owner moved the team from Cleveland to Baltimore, and Mm -hmm. we still had to play games. That was like living in Bosnia without Christine Amapur reporting in front of the building. That was dangerous, okay? The Coke guy wouldn't deliver Coke to the building. Yeah. Okay, the Eagle snack guy wouldn't deliver. Nobody was bringing donuts to the building. We were on lockdown. All right, this is a little different. I mean, the play, it's not the player's fault. Really, the reality of it is the city of, of Oakland can say whatever they want to say. They had no chance of keeping the team. They had no money to keep the team. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's uh, that's rough news for the Raider fans out there in Oakland. But do you do you think they're going to stick with them when when they move to Las Vegas? Or I think they do. Yeah. I think Raider yeah. fans. That's what I'm saying. Raider fans. The Raiders are fans. They're fans of the uniform. The uniform mm-hmm. hasn't changed. I mean, there's historical franchises. You just don't ditch the Raiders. I mean, it's in your blood. You know, it's like there's an old saying in office, uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, once O&I, always O&I. Yeah. Well, once a Raider, always a Raider. I called it the Hotel California when I worked there mm-hmm. because you check in anytime you like, you just never leave. And that's what I think Raider fans are. They're like the Hotel California. They're never going to leave. All right, Lombardi, before we move on, let's take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor. Major League Baseball is back. I've been telling you this. As the new season gets underway, the Ringer Podcast Network has baseball fans covered with the Ringer MLB show, playing exclusively on the TuneIn app for the month of April. On top of that, the Ringer Podcast Network has partnered with TuneIn to give baseball fans a free, free 30-day trial of TuneIn Premium to listen to every live home call from every MLB game around the league. Catch the Ringer MLB show only on TuneIn during April and with your premium subscription, listen to live MLB games on TuneIn. Just go to TuneIn.com slash Ringer and subscribe, download the TuneIn app, and start listening today. TuneIn, your everything audio app. Speaking of baseball, do you like Major League Baseball? Do you like watching Major League Baseball? Of course you do. I know I do. I catch every single Yankees game I can. Well, then you need T-Mobile because they're giving away a free year of MLB TV premium. That's $112.99, absolutely free, and only for T-Mobile customers. And oh yeah, here's the best part. With T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. Unlimited data. That means you can keep up with your favorite team from almost anywhere. Every pitch, every big moment, every walk-off home run, all without worrying about blowing up your phone bill. Stream, post, and share all things MLB. Sound good? Here's how you get it. First, get T-Mobile, obviously. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. Third, and this is the most important part, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB TV premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. That's it. Now, just relax and enjoy any out-of-market games plus unlimited stats, highlights, and more from almost anywhere. Remember, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB TV Premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app or go to tmobile.com backslash MLB. Top 3% of data users may notice reduced speeds, activate HD feature, otherwise video typically streams at 480p, web-enabled mobile device and qualifying service required, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission, Blackouts and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. Okay, back to the pod. All right, Lombardi. The running back position is becoming more more and more polarizing over the years. Uh, 2015, we saw Todd Gurley taking 10th, Melvin Gordon taking 15th. Last year, we see Ezekiel Elliott taking 4th. Takes the lead by storm. A lot of people are back on the running back bandwagon. (laughs) 
you have reason to believe that this is going to be a really, really good class of running backs. Right. We have Fournette, McCaffrey, a lot of names that we've heard for a long time that are finally getting to the NFL, maybe add some star power to the backfield. Um, when you look at this running back class, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? I think Buddy Ryan had a saying once. He said uh, uh, that the, there's a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. And I think when I see Fournette, I see a big man. And I see oh, yes. somebody who's, who's really can power. I, I see a bad offense. No disrespect to the LSU fans. Their offense was atrocious. I think Fournette's got unique ability in terms of power in the football. I think he's got great feet. He's got size. He's got speed. He's been really productive. You know, when you look at him in the Southeast Conference, Teddy averaged over 5-7 a carry. I mean, yeah. that's fairly good level of competition. The key for me is, where I'm troubled by, is, and this is why running backs are difficult to more difficult to evaluate. Most people look at running backs and just grade the production. He gained four yards. He made a guy miss. He did that. But the running back has to fit the style of offense you want to run in pro football. And now with so much shotgun, Fournette really doesn't. Now, you got to think, can Fournette run some plays when he's offset in the shotgun? Yeah. Adrian Peterson can't do that. He doesn't do that effectively. He needs to build some steam up to get going. Where you can watch some clips of Fournette playing in the shotgun. If he can run some runs from that formation, he's going to be very effective under when he's behind the quarterback, when he's under center. He's going to be really effective if he can pass protect most important thing, if he pass protects, then he'll get nickel defense on the field in, in 11 personnel, one back, one tight end. And then he'll really be able to use that size against little people. So I like him. I like Cook from Florida State. I worry Down about his Cook, shoulder. Yeah. I worry about his shoulder injuries, but I think he's got unique ability. But I think Cook and Camaro and Christian McCaffrey, I think mm. these are all guys that can make offenses explosive. The one thing UP fans have to understand. When you play a spread formation, the receivers are not what makes the spread. The back makes the spread. Why? Because the back forces you to defend the box. Yeah. The back forces you to put six and a half, maybe seven in the box. Are you gonna? You just you can't let them run it. You can't let them displace it. Whereas if the receiver, hey, I can go over and double. A.J. Green all I want. I could just roll the coverage over there. I can handle him. You want to spread the formation? I'm just doubling him. But if you have a back that I have to worry about, that you're going to pound, you're going to gnaw at me for six or seven yards, I got to worry about. And this draft has a lot of backs that I see in it that can be really effective and really be three down players, first down, second, and third. And when you look at guys, you know, obviously a lot of people, there's been the narrative that guys aren't worth, running backs aren't worth taking in the first round. So we have 2013, zero first rounders taken. Gio Bernard's the first running back taken off the board well, at Which if he was in this class, I mean, he's kind of similar to these guys in this class. He was, as you know, you, you, you went yep. to North Carolina. He was a really good player at North Carolina. Yes. You know, he was similar to these guys. Maybe Great not, hands on the backfield. Right. That, that was pretty Maybe much the not quite point. as explosive as McCaffrey or, or, or really not explosive as Cook. I mean, yep. Cook, you're talking about a guy who's a state champion. And really could yeah. run like crazy. I mean, Fournette's explosive too. It's hard though. I think where fans don't see it is when you have a big man like Fournette, you can't see his quickness. When you have Cook, you can see his quickness. Mm -hmm. When you have McCaffrey, you can see it. With Fournette, you can't really see it because he's so big. It's hard to determine it. But if you had to tackle the big guy, it'd be hard. You could see his quickness. When you look at those guys that you just mentioned between Cook, Fournette, McCaffrey, those are probably the top three backs that everyone's talking about. Possibly all three first round running backs, which would be the most we've had. And since yeah, 2012, and look, since I, the Trent Richardson class. Right. Well, Trent Richardson. Now, here's the problem with Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson couldn't run the ball outside. Mm -hmm. Trent Richardson. No stretch plays for Trent. You can't run the ball outside. If yeah. you, you defended from one at, from the what tackle shoulders inside. If Trent Richardson played peewee football, you'd have made him a guard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what he really was. And when you watched him try to run, when he was in, when I was in Cleveland, and he was in really good shape, and mm -hmm. he was really good. He couldn't run. 
You can't have a back that can't make the defense defend the width of the field. And some of these kids, Fournette can make you defend the width of the field. Cook's certainly going to make you defend the width of the field. And these other guys are. So I, I see this as, as I, I think what Danny Kelly made the point in his, one of his ringer columns was true. Look, maybe it's not the year to draft a running back because there's so many of them. But I think if you have a specific idea of how you want to utilize the player, like Fournette, if you really understood and you spent time and you worked him out, and he, he can catch the football. He said, I think he had 40 catches. Yeah. Uh, he can catch the football. The reality is you just got to make sure he can run the routes you want him to run from the backfield. And if he can, then all of a sudden those swing passes, and he's got to break a tackle of a little corner. We go back to the Buddy Ryan quote. Best, you know, there's a place for a little man, but it ain't in front of a big man. Is there any guy like a sleeper running back, like a Wayne Gallman from Clemson that won a national championship? Any guys like late in the draft or James Conner from Pittsburgh is another guy that pops out. That just big name guys that had good college careers, maybe aren't the most guys that are measurables that aren't going to be McCaffrey, Fournette, Cook. You know, not even Joe Mixon, who you know, obviously that's his that's his own bag of things that you have yeah, to deal that, with. That, that's the guy. That's that's the guy that really has to be. A, that's an organizational decision. You know, yep. New England when I work for the Patriots, we, we were never going to touch a guy with domestic violence, not even if, if he was acquitted. I mean, it was it was messy. It's not going to happen. And that happen. came out today. I think the New England yep. Patriots came out today and said that they, that Joe Mixon's off the drag. Right, draft and board. I'm sure Joe Mixon's off a lot of people's draft boards. I'm sure he's not off some. I think Tyreek Hill made Joe Mixon, you know, more apt. Digestible to, to certain people, There yes. you go. Good. See, that's at North Carolina Education helping you out. That's why I think he'll do it. You know, that's why. But he's unique in the sense that he can play three downs. He's a big back. Mm-hmm. He can handle the power. And, you know, but down the line, I, I think the kid from Toledo, Hunt, I think he's got a chance to be a— Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I think he's got a chance to be a good player. I like Camaro from Tennessee. I think there's some issues you got to work your way through. He goes to Alabama. First of all, anytime you get a Mr. Georgia yes. in football, just put him on your team. <laughs> yeah. Okay? It's like guys from it's like guys from Fossproof, Florida. They can run. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That, you don't have to time them. They're fast. All right? <laughs> you get Mr. Georgia, you put him on your team. And this guy's Mr. Georgia. He goes to Alabama. Alabama, you know, I don't know what quite happened there. Things didn't go. Then, of course, he goes to junior college and he dominates in junior college. And then Tennessee's playing behind Jalen Hurd. Yep. And then finally, they get him in the game. I think he's one of those guys who could take, you know, now I don't know if he's going to have a long career because maybe his, some of the character issues could creep up, but I think he could have a special year or two. All right, Lombardi, we've gotten to the final chapter of today's podcast, the quick hits portion of the podcast. First up, Adrian Peterson. Is there a team that you see as a fit for Adrian Peterson? I, was, I think he still wants a lot more than the right. market's willing I, to give I him. I think there's two factors here. I think financially nobody wants to make that commitment. I think when you look at the first three games, when he was healthy last year, he averaged under two yards a carry. We talked about this on the podcast. He was not going to get paid this offseason. That mm-hmm. was, I mean, that was as, I mean, even Cousin Sal could have predicted that. All right? <laughs> he was not going to get paid. And I think that now he's in a situation where, where do I go? And it, it's a little bit of the Fournette problem is he's best when there's nobody in front of him and he can line up deep in the eye and he can work his magic and be a what I call a point of entry back which means he's fed into the hole without anybody bothering him. Yep. That's hard to do now. Everybody seems to have back. backs like musical chairs. Once you get one you're going to take one and then with this draft class being so good let me tell you, if Peterson doesn't sign before the draft, the teams that have modest interest in him, mm-hmm. if they draft a back, they'll have no interest in him. Yep. Because why would you do it? If you drafted a guy early, you're not going to do it. And I think if I'm Peterson, I'm going to sign with somebody for the for any deal before the draft. A man of modest means and uh, a modest interest. And uh, Adrian Peterson, also Ben McAdoo, the coach of the uh, New York Giants, has said that Geno Smith uh, has the potential <laughs> to replace Eli Manning in New York. And uh, that is quite some statement for 
for him to say that. I don't know if that's more of like saying a lot about Eli Manning that Geno Smith can replace him, or oh you know God. who knows who knows who I that's worse that, for. I read that quote four times. I thought maybe he was misquoted. I, I, <laughs> ben McAdoo amazes me with some of the things he says. It's remarkable. Like if he thinks Geno Smith's going to replace Eli down the road, then he's got a magic wand. There's yep. no chance. First of all, backup quarterback have to be able to know the offense without any reps. Mm-hmm. Have to be able to be prepared upon a moment's notice. Have to be really disciplined to do the things. When we went to work Geno Smith out when I was in Cleveland, yep. we told him make sure you study the playbook and have the ball. He didn't even have a ball to work out with. We had to go hunt a ball down. Okay? All right? This is your backup quarterback. This yes. is the guy you're going to put. This got to be the hardest, one of the hardest working guys on the team. I, I just think, I don't care how big that Cheesecake Factory menu is for McAdoo, there's no place for, for Geno on there that are going to be consistent. Another storyline that, that was so great, just to think about Geno Smith running around trying to find a football. That's too funny. Uh, Roger Goodell. He will return to Foxborough oh uh, for the first time in quite some time. Yeah. Definitely since Deflategate has happened. Right. Roger Goodell returns to celebrate the Super Bowl champions. How happy are Patriots fans to know that Roger Goodell will be back in the building in Gillette Stadium? Well, we started this podcast off saying to, that uh, Kaepernick had two faces. If I were if I were Roger Goodell, I would have an imposter. I have a guy that looks like me. Yes, and have two of us there. Because I don't know. Well, stunt double action. Exactly, because I think that's going to be very hairy. And I think he's going to have to sneak in or helicopter in Mm -hmm. or maybe come in with the Navy SEALs or something. It's not going to be, I mean, nobody's going to forget that. Look, when Deflategate first happened, my first reaction was, what are you talking about? Like, like, and this bloomed into a first round pick being lost, money, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's credibility. These scars aren't going to heal just because they won a Super Bowl. They're still deep inside of me. I think they won the Super Bowl just so that he would have to come to Foxborough. That was the, that, that just, yeah. This is just starting it all over again. It was all a I trick. Think, I think Mr. Blank helped by going down on the field with about 10 minutes to yes. go in the game a little. I think that might have helped. Yeah, yeah, the karma of that moment. Uh, yeah. Still haven't gotten over it yet. Uh, we should mention, we said last week, you said last week, that uh, Richard Sherman will be v- available in the market. Right. Uh, He's yeah. out there. The story's out there. It's been yeah. leaked. I mean, that was like no, like it's no, no secret. I mean, now it's being positioned that teams have called for Sherman. Well, teams wouldn't call for Sherman unless the Seattle let it out that they were interested. So, look, do I think it's going to happen? I think the number one thing where fans have to understand this is they paid Sherman a lot of money. And in Pete Carroll's defense, we talked about this on the podcast, paying a corner that much money isn't really what he wants to do. He thinks he can draft corners. And this draft is filled with corners that fit Seattle's system. Play the deep third of the field. Make sure you can jam at the line of scrimmage. I think if they can dump the salary like we talked about two weeks ago on the podcast, I think they would. Well, that'll do it this week for GM Street. Mr. Lombardi, thank you so much for uh, illuminating us. And poor Richard Sherman. He sounds like he might have a replacement pretty soon. I think they're going to draft guys. I, th- I think they have to get their cap in order. Yep. I think they have to get their cap in order. Good luck, Tate. Now, I'm rooting for you. I'll tell you, I'm rooting <laughs> for you. I'm rooting hard for you. Except I tell you, if you play Frank Martin, I'm a big Frank Martin fan. He won me over in the last couple days. I'm a big Frank Martin fan, too. Can't pull against that guy. Uh, yeah. Anyone that's in the Bobby Knight School of Coaching, you know, hard <laughs> to pull it. against. We'll be back next week, GM Street. We'll be back. More storylines, more football, and uh, more Mike Lombardi.
I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you like Major League Baseball? Do you like watching Major League Baseball? Of course you do. I know I do. I catch every Yankees game. I can and I keep telling you this. Well, you need T-Mobile because they're giving away a free year of MLB.TV premium. That's $112.99 value, absolutely free and only for T-Mobile customers. And oh yeah, here's the best part. With T-Mobile One, unlimited data means unlimited baseball. That means you can keep up with your favorite team from almost anywhere. Every pitch, every big moment, every walk-off home run, all without worrying about blowing up your phone bill. Stream, post, and share all things MLB. Sound good? Here's how you get it. First, get T-Mobile, obviously. Second, download the T-Mobile Tuesdays app from the App Store. Third, and this is most important, on April 4th, get your free year of MLB.TV premium in the T-Mobile Tuesdays app. That's it. Now just relax and enjoy any out-of-market games, plus unlimited stats, highlights, and more from almost anywhere. Remember, April 4th, get your free year of MLB.TV Premium through the T-Mobile Tuesdays app or go to T-Mobile.com backslash MLB. Top 3% of data users may notice reduced speeds. Activate HD feature. Otherwise, video typically streams at 480p. Web-enabled mobile device and qualifying service required. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Blackouts and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details.